Today's session is the love of God. That's the best I could title this talk. I can't think of any other title for this one. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you really understand what he's trying to say here, he says, for this reason, for what reason? If we go backtrack a little in Ephesians chapter 3, we come to know in verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is, in, which is your glory. What he's really trying to say here is this. That Paul is saying. Paulus Ankam Kaki. Ata Bavarta Vorvi. Jesuchir Bavarta Vorvi. Amka. Access as we have access to God. Think about it for so many years, for so many years, for so many people, no matter which religion, whether they are Catholic or Muslim or Hindu, people are struggling to have just one thing access with God. They do not have access with God because the Word of God says that we are separated from Him because of our sin. We are separated from him. We have no access with him. But because Jesus died on the cross, because we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we now have access to this God. When we committed our life to God, when we committed our life to Jesus Christ, we now have access to God. Isn't that awesome? Think about everyone who's living here. Think about any Muslim. Think about any Hindu. Think about any Catholic. They are struggling. They are going from one place to the other. One statue to the other. One temple to the other. One cross to the other. One mosque to the other. They are doing everything possible. Praying five times a day. They are trying, trying to do all sorts of religious activity. Only thinking that they might have access with God. And here Jesus gives us, you and me, access to God. Because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That we have access to God. That's why Paul says in verse 14. For this reason... I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I bow my knee. I'm, I'm so taken up, he says, by what Jesus has done for us. I'm so taken up by what God has done for you and me. That I bow, I bow my knee out of honor, out of reverence, out of respect. I bow my knee, I bow down, I bend down, I kneel down. 
before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, before God Himself. I bow my knee. How many times do we consider what God has done for us? Kitle pauti ami chinta devan kiten kele munon amche pasot amche patok saidin doorun amche pasot to mor pa kaila amche pat kacher mon dorin astena amche mon dorun amche amka mok kele munon amche pat kak visrun to amche kater mor pa kailo. He came, he died for us, he forgot our sins, he kept aside our sins. And he came and died for you and me. He bore the punishment that's due for you and me. And then cleared it up. He made us, it made, made it possible for us to have access with God. That is why when Jesus died on that cross, there was a veil in the temple. We looked at it the last time. Jerusalem, Sharan, Jannate, Deo Mundir, the Deo Mundir there was a big wall, there was an entrance into a courtyard. Then there were steps that went up to an up to the holy place. And then there was the most holy place. Here there was a curtain, a veil, a big huge curtain. That blocked the access to God. Here was the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God Himself was there. And so, if anybody had to go inside, if anybody had to go inside, only certain people were allowed to go into the courtyard, but only the priest could enter inside here into the holy place. And only the high priest could enter into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies. And there was a veil that stopped people from access to God. That is why if people had to interact with God, they needed a priest. Then uh, normal people, they were going to be a mediator, a broker, a mediator was needed between man and God. That was who the priest was. The priests were mediators between man and God. The prophets would come and tell the word of God. There was no free access to God. But when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? The curtain was torn apart. Why? We now have direct access to God. Amen? We now have direct access to God. You don't have to depend. Depend korpa kamka gorosna. Ata aicha kalar padrichi gorosna. Kitakam kan direct access mela deva kore. We have direct access to God. If anybody comes and says, Oh, I am a priest, that is wrong. There is no need of any other priesthood because we have access with God. You and I are now priests. You and I are now priests. This is the truth. We have direct access to God. And that's the most joyful thing that you and I can have. Access with God. And that's why Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. From whom? 
the whole family in heaven and earth is named from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named means what as earth kite what is the meaning of this when somebody is born when there is a child whose family name do they get the father's family name right now you and i are christians we are children of god for us to be children of god we get a family name what is a family name children of god our surname as christians is actually children of god that's our surname <laughs> we are all become children of god because we put our faith in jesus christ that's our family name how do we get this name pai nastana burgi asta na pai nastana burgi ache now asta na without the father without the existing a father there is no family name for the children yes in the same way without there existing a god and without him doing what he's done there's nobody that can call themselves a child of god it's because god exists because of him that we all have a family name called child of god we all have a family name called child of god we all get our name from him you see when israel the people of israel who did they consider as their most important leader who did they consider as their most important ancestor who was it their most important ancestor israel existed because of dash because of whom no 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 who did they consider as the most important ancestor without that nothing was possible abraham without abraham nothing else was possible because the faithfulness of abraham god told abraham i'm going to make your children like the grains of sand so israel owed their identity because of abraham it is because abraham was faithful that israel was born so israel got their name from abraham in fact the israelites were called children of abraham when jesus would look at somebody who was not well a daughter a a a a, a lady who was not well who was crippled he said daughter of abraham to her kidak israelacha porsak sodans ekuch pay ashillo abraham abraham was their father he was their father that's why when jesus said before abraham was i am all the jews got angry they say how can it be possible abraham was our ancestor we have come from abraham and tu sangtam ka abraham cha poyli tu ashilla munan israel existed because of abraham how did they get their identity as a special nation of god they got their identity as a special nation of god because of abraham how did their descendants how did abraham's descendants become a special nation what did they have to do to become a special nation of god what did they have to do they had to be circumcised this circumcision was a sign that whoever is a descendant of abraham automatically becomes a this god's chosen nation if there was any descendant of abraham who was not circumcised they were not part of abraham's family they were not part of this special nation but it's only those who were circumcised that became part of this special nation from abraham how do you become so where does israel get its identity from abraham where do you get your identity from jesus christ
If Jesus did not die, if that covenant was not made, the new covenant, you had no identity. You had no identity because Jesus died on the cross. We accepted what he did on the cross. We established a new covenant. What do we have to do to become child of God? What do we have to do? What do we have to do to become children of God? Everyone who accepts Christ becomes a child of God. What do we have to do to become children of God? We have to believe in Him. Repent of our past. Believe in Him. And what else? What's that one sign? That one sign that Jesus asked us to do. To make, that make us children of God. That one sign. Baptism. It's through baptism that we become children of God. When Jesus died on the cross, we put our faith in Him. That's a decision of our soul. But we also get baptized. Our body becomes the Lord's. We say our body is not mine, but the Lord's now. And we become children of God from that moment forth. Where do we get our identity from? From God Himself. Through Jesus Christ. That's why he says, from whom the whole family, I'll skip that heaven part, from whom the whole family on earth is named. What whole family? Every person who believes in the true gospel of Jesus Christ and is baptized becomes a child of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Becomes a child of God through Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says there. This is the most interesting part. He says, the whole family in heaven and on earth. The angels are our brothers, my dear friends. Because the angels get their identity through God. So, think about this. The angels don't need baptism. They get their identity straight from God. We get our identity as children of God straight from God. In fact, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the angels were referred to as sons of God. In the New Testament, we are referred to as sons of God. So we become one family with the angels in heaven. Amen? We become one family with the angels in heaven. Isn't that something awesome? We become one family with the angels in heaven. That's so heartening. As close as the angels are to God, you and I are to God. That's how we get our identity. We are children of God. Israel got its identity through circumcision and through Abraham. We get our identity through baptism, through faith in Jesus Christ. We got our identity as children of God. What he's really trying to say is before only Israel could become a special chosen nation through circumcision. Only Israel could be special to God. Now after the death of Jesus Christ, you can be an Israeli or you can be an American or you can be an African or an Indian or a Chinese or anything. But as long as you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are special, a child of God. You may be rich or you may be poor. You may be on the roads. You may be, you may be anything. You may be highly educated or illiterate. You become a child of God because of faith in Jesus Christ. How dare we look down on anybody? We can't. We can't look down on anybody. 
Why? Because they are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not everybody becomes a child of God. Can I munta? I mean, I so glad they watch Burgi. So glad they watch Burgi. Povit pustokam te tosle kaitsna. So glad they watch Burgi noi. Fakat timunsha jani Jesus Christa chair bavar dorun baptism gatla tins they watch Burgi satat. Only those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus chair bavat khoria. Only they become the children of God. Isn't that awesome? That Jesus has made us children of God. We have adop been adopted as a child of God. Is Satan trying to bring problems in your life? Is Satan trying to bring stress in your life? Is Satan trying to make you scared? Is Satan trying to depress you? Is Satan trying to make you heavy? Is Satan trying to destroy you? Is Satan trying to steal the peace from your life? Is Satan trying to make you mad? Then listen, you have authority because you are a child of God. All you have to say is, I'm a child of God. Get out! You have no place. It's because of this identity. We have our identity in Jesus Christ. Verse 16. That he would grant you. This is Paul's prayer. That he would grant you. According to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened. With might. Through his spirit. In the inner man. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That you will be strengthened through his spirit in the inner man. The problem is the inner man, isn't it? We have lots of guts on the outside. But the inner man is weak. The inner man is scared. We can put on a nice show on the outside. But the inner man struggles. The inner man doubts. <laughs> it's the inner man that needs to be strengthened. Exercise will strengthen the outer man. Philosophy may just strengthen his mind. But if you want to strengthen your inner man, you need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, your inner man cannot be strengthened. Your inner man is strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Only that can strengthen your inner man. We need the strength in our inner man. Without the strength of our inner man, we will be like a person without a spine. We will be like a person without a spine. We need the strength of God. In our inner man. We need strength in our inner person. In our inner man. Without that we will be lost. Without that we will be weak. We will be like a jellyfish. The inner man has to be strength. It's when the inner man is strong that we can praise God freely. It's when the inner man is strong there is no fear. It's when the inner man is strong that we can face anything because we have victory in Jesus name it's when the inner man is strong 
Verse 17, how does the Holy Spirit strengthen the inner man? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Let's look at the first part, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Who is in your heart? If Christ is not in your heart, the Holy Spirit is not, you're not giving the Holy Spirit a chance to strengthen your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart. Let's understand this. What is your heart? Your heart is all your passion. All your emotion. It's the seat of all your passion. All your emotion. All your ambition. If Christ does not dwell in your heart. All your passion, emotion and ambition is not for Jesus Christ. It's for something else. What drives you? Why is it that, that you're living? What's the goal in your life? What's the ambition in your life? If you've got an ambition to do this and to do that, to be this and to be that, then Jesus Christ does not dwell in your heart. But if your ambition is to do the will of God, is to do what God wants you to do, and you give up every other passion and emotion, then Jesus dwells in your heart. Rejoice. What is it that drives you? What is it that drives you? Unless and until a man or a woman gives up every other ambition, every other passion and every other emotion besides one to do the will of God, Jesus Christ does not dwell in your heart. How does the Holy Spirit strengthen the inner man? How does the Holy Spirit strengthen the inner man? By letting Christ dwell in your heart. Only the Holy Spirit can help you strengthen the inner man. The inner man can be strengthened only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is the inner man? That voice that you hear when you talk to yourself. That is the inner man. And quite often we try to put pardas before this inner man. We try to say, no, I am this actually, I am this actually. And we try to hide that inner man. We are not sincere with ourselves. That inner man needs to be exposed. And that inner man needs to be strengthened. That inner man can be strengthened. Bitoilya munshak, fakat ekuts bashin, shokti mer pagsata. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. And how does the Holy Spirit stand in the inner man? By giving you the grace and the strength to let Jesus dwell in your heart. What does that mean? Every passion you have, every emotion you have, every ambition you have is for one purpose and one purpose alone. To do the will of my God. To do the will of my Father. That's the character of a child of God. That's who a child of God is. Are you a child of God? That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Who are the saints? Every Christian is a saint. So you may be able to comprehend with all the other Christians. What? What is the width and length and depth 
and height that you may be rooted and grounded in love whose love the love of God that you may be rooted and grounded in love that you may be rooted and grounded in love if I'm strengthened in my inner man and Christ dwells in my heart then I will be rooted and grounded in love it's love that's going to root and ground me think about it if love is not the foundation I am unstable my foundation has to be love. Why am I preaching the good news? Why am I evangelizing, going on the streets, telling this one and that one about Jesus Christ? I am an unstable man. I have to have love as my foundation. I have to be rooted and founded in love. I have to be rooted and founded in love that I may be able to comprehend that I may be able to understand that I may be able to fathom with all the other Christians what is the can we say that together the height the width the length the depth and the height can I chitla to me this song let's sing that why don't we sing that have you heard of the song God's love is so wonderful God did you know it was based on Ephesians 3 God's love is so wonderful God's love is so wonderful oh wonderful love so so high you can't get over it so high you can't get over it Oh, wonderful love, so wide, so wide, you can't get round it, so wide, you can't get round it, so wide, you can't get round it, oh, wonderful love, so deep, so deep, you can't get under it, so deep, you can't get under it so deep you can't get under it oh, oh wonderful that's what the song was all about the, la- the length the depth the height and the width they should a- add one more verse there so long <laughs> the width the length the height and the depth can you guess what Paul was looking at when he wrote this verse he was writing to the Ephesians but what was he thinking about when he wrote this the length the width the height and the depth of the love of God you know what he was thinking about he was thinking about the temple in Jerusalem the temple in Jerusalem was so huge so huge you couldn't just get around it it was so high it was so wide it was so so big that you couldn't get around it and then Paul said but the love of God is so much greater but when the Ephesians got this letter they were not thinking about the temple in Jerusalem when the Ephesians got this letter they were thinking about a temple of one goddess called Diana that was in Ephesus this temple was also huge 
And so Paul, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit says, the length, the width, the depth, the height of the love of God. And the Ephesians are thinking, that is a grand temple. High depth, length, width. Imagine the high depth, length and width of the love of the true God. It cannot be comprehended. And yet Paul says, I hope, I pray that you may be able to comprehend. That you may be able to understand the height, the length, the depth, the width of the love of God. Do you want to understand what is truly the height, the depth and the length and the width of God? John understood that in the book of Revelation. And I want you to keep your finger here and turn to Revelation chapter 3. You'll be shocked at the height, the length and the depth and the width of God. I found this cross reference in a commentary and I was shocked. Chapter 3, verse 21. In fact, let's go to verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. Now listen, the next verse gives you the description of how great the love of God is. Listen to this very carefully. Verse 21. To him who overcomes, can we say that together? To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. On my throne. That's Jesus talking. Do you know what that means? Do we become gods? No, no, no. We don't become gods. But he gives us a chance to rule with him on his throne. I'm not making that up. That's in the Bible. It's right there. He grants us to sit with him on his throne throne and he clarifies that he says as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne we were sinners and we have been given the privilege to sit on the very throne of Christ can you ever comprehend the love of God think about that that's how awesome the love of God is we don't become God. Please don't misunderstand. We don't become gods at all. But we have a chance to rule. We have access and a chance to rule with Christ himself. Because if we overcome the trials of this world, the persecution of this world, <coughs> and put our faith in Jesus Christ, if we overcome, then the Lord says he shall grant it to us. That we will sit on his throne. Isn't that awesome? Now you understand the, the length, the width, the depth, the height of the love of God. It is too much to comprehend. Too awesome to think about. It's too awesome to think about. Verse 19. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Do you understand? This sort of love passes knowledge. Knowledge is with what we try and do by trying to get information. 
But this love of God surpasses knowledge. We cannot understand it. It goes out of our minds. We cannot comprehend it. We cannot hold it in our minds. It's too awesome for us to understand the love of this God. His love is so wonderful, so wide, so long, so deep, so high. Because we were sinners and he gives you and me a chance to sit on the throne of God. Not as gods. As human beings who've been given a privilege to rule with God. It seems almost scandalous to think about it. But it's the truth. That's the love of God. That's our identity. I can almost look at it as a small, as, as, a, as a king. King David, for example, was probably sitting on the throne when Solomon was a small kid, a small toddler running around. And what do you think he would have done when Solomon ran around in the courtroom, in the throne room? David would have just lifted up Solomon and kept him on his lap, right? That's the love of David. The love of God is that he lifts us up and makes us sit on his lap, on his throne. And that's awesome. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's the truth. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know what it means to be filled with the fullness of God? Do you know what it means to be filled with the fullness of God? It means that you are filled with the love of God, the power of God, the gifts, the leading of God, that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you walk into a situation and you have authority over that situation, not because you are too great, but because you are sitting on the throne of God, not as God, but as His child that you are a child of God and so you have authority over the situations in your life over the problems in your life you have authority to break free from bondage you have authority to break free from the yoke of Satan you have authority to break free from death you have authority because you are a child of God you are filled with the fullness of God no force of Satan can come before you and tell you I am going to make you a slave because you are a child of God that is the love of God you are filled with the fullness of God if you just understand it. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. <laughs> this is exceedingly, abundantly more than we can even ask or think. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Above all that we can ask or think. Do you know? When we make a prayer and when we ask God for something, we ask God for, Lord, fill my cup. Lord, fill my cup. And when He gives, He gives a tank. That's God giving exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or think. When we ask, we ask for a cup. When he gives, he gives us a swimming pool. That's what God's abundance is all about. More than we can ask or think. That's the love of God. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. That's the love of God. That's the length, the width, the depth 
of the love of God, the height of the love of God. It surpasses knowledge. We can't understand it. It goes beyond our intelligence. It goes beyond our understanding. It goes beyond our thinking. It goes beyond, 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 beyond. That's the love of God. Let's close our eyes at this moment. Father God, we have no words to express, Lord. We have no words to understand. We have no words to say anything about the length and the width, the height and the depth of your love. We have no words to understand, Lord. We have been hypocrites, Lord. We have been cheating, Lord. We have been lying, Lord. And yet, and yet, you showed your love to us, Lord. We have been idolaters. We have been greedy. We have been sexually immoral. We have been perverse. We have been angry. But everything falls flat, O oh Lord, before the height, the depth, the length, and the width of your love. We have just one prayer, O oh Lord. And we ask you this sincerely in Jesus' name. That you strengthen by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, the inner man in us, Lord. That you may let Christ, your Son, dwell in our hearts. That you may let Christ, your Son, dwell in our hearts. That we may be able to see the exceeding abundance of your love more than we can ask or think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we all stand up? Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning.